Welcome back, everybody. We're at your. Uh, this is your creativity at the Van Eck Salt Lake, and we're here with Harry Kim. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, oh, Star Trek's Harry Kim. Yes. The world's Garrett Wong. Yes. How long ago was it that we first had an interview when I was here? Oh, well, the fir first time I went to a uh, convention was here in Salt Lake. Yep. It was over at the Red Lion. Yeah. When it was a different location, and what year was that? Do you, do you uh, I think Voyager was still on at that point. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that just tells you how long it's been since they've been in Salt Lake City. <laughs> it's been a day and a a day and a half. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, quite a while. Yeah. I, and I think most of the Voyager cast was there. Yeah, and that, that was my first uh, taste of convention, and mm. I, I loved it. And I'm so glad Salt Lake Comic Con yeah. came about. Oh yeah. Um, you go to a lot of conventions. What's your general uh, convention experience like? Oh, um, it's always good. It's always positive. It's very. It's very tiring, but it's also very rewarding to be able to meet all the different fans. You know, it's and plus I have interaction with the other actors too, so it can be very fun. Is there a particular one that's been with other cast members or other Trek actors that sticks out to you? Not specifically, no. I mean, I mean, if you talk about the big one in Star, the big Star Trek convention in Vegas every year, that's that has the most actors, the other Star Trek actors that are there. Typically, when I do with something like this. I'm usually one of the I may maybe one of two Star Trek actors or or the only Star Trek actor there, right? So um, I don't see a lot of the other Trek actors at, at at the different Comic Cons around the country. So are you still in contact with other Voyager actors? Yeah, I mean, I st I, I still talk to Robbie McNeil, Tom Paris on a regular basis. Yeah, and he he's done a lot of acting. Uh, I mean, directing since then. He has. That's all he's done. He's yeah. not acting at all. <laughs> he's only directing. Yeah. Yeah. What what have you been up to since um, um, the being, show? Being a lazy bum, pretty much. No, <laughs> no. I, I left I left Hollywood in two thousand and five to travel for five years. Came back after five years. Decided I want to play golf for three years, which I did every day. And then I've just kind of lived a life of leisure. To be honest, um, I needed a break. Um, Voyager was so demanding and grueling. I was always first one in, last one out every day. Um, that uh, I needed a break. You know, if you think about someone, if you think about working. Literally, it's 52 weeks in a year, 51 weeks, one week off. Wow. That's what it was like, one week off. We, weren't fi we filmed 10 months out of the year, but the other two months, you'd think, oh, you had two months off. No, no, we had fitting, wardrobe fittings, we had, we, we had voiceover, uh, ADR work to do. So the time when nobody was calling me was seven days each year for <laughs> every, every, each year of the seven years. It, was, it was grueling. And yeah. uh, publicity in between. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, there's a lot of new Trek shows since then. Yes. And, of course, Orville. What are your feelings of how the direction Trek has gone? Um, yeah, uh, it's, I'll tell you, it's weird because season one of Orville, people were saying, wow, Orville is a lot more like Star Trek than Discovery is, <laughs> you know, what we're used to. Because, let's face it, Seth, Mac Seth MacFarlane really put his, you know, uh, it shows how much of a fan he is because Orville, from season one, episode one to now, or, has become less and less funny and more and more Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if you watch it, especially the last handful. Oh my God! It's 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 literally it is Star Trek under a different wrapper. It is completely, but that's fine. I think I think the world needs that, and I, I I enjoy what Seth has put out for sure. But I do feel that there is room for a pure comedic type of Trek, just like there is a. Uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine and a, and a and a Scrubs, you know. There needs to be a Trek that is all comedic. I, I really feel that's the way uh, to go. That would be fun. 
and I, I th they announced a new animated series, and I think that's going to go more that way. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see. So, I had one more question. Yeah. <laughs> 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 How long have you came to Salt uh, Lake? When did you get to Salt Lake? Oh, uh, just last night. So. And did you get a chance to look around or anything? No, I, I, I literally, honestly, I went straight. To, I had them drive me straight to the mall because I left my suit jackets at home. So I just I bought this <laughs> from your local River Creek Mall, whatever that is. <laughs> City Creek. <laughs> yeah, City Creek, yeah. So just running around in the mall yesterday was all I did. Well, I understand you enjoy comedy. There's a comedy club right down the street really? that I, I'm, I'm part of. I don't do oh, stand-up or anything. But What's it called? Uh, the Wise Guys. Wise Guys, okay. Yep, and they've got uh, a late show tomorrow night. So nice. Good to know. I recommend checking it out. Good to and know. Yeah. Thank you, Garrett. Appreciate it. Thank it's you. It's good to see you again. Yeah. After if you, so many if years. you come up with other questions, come on back over to the okay. you know, we'll, we'll continue this, too. Okay. We'll do. Sounds great. Thanks Thank you. Me. Yeah. Good seeing you. Garrett Wong, I remembered my questions. <laughs> Every TV ser series generally has a character that relates directly with the the audience, kind of the char the audience's character. Uh, I always kind of felt Harry Kim was that for Voyager. What, what's your feeling on that? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, I think Harry is definitely the everyman, uh, the most relatable um, character because it's, it's it's it is his first mission, and I think people can relate to that first day on the job, first day at school, first day in high school, first day in college. It's always, you know, a very understandable position to be in. So, yes, I agree with you. Uh, of the series, um, other series that were taken part during that timeline, do you think Harry could have been plugged in in some way into those series? Like, I don't know if Harry, I mean, I'm sure there's a way <laughs> to plug in Harry somehow in the Star Trek universe. You can do anything in the Star Trek universe. But it just didn't seem like it was a logical, you know, step for them to use Harry in, on Deep Space Nine or, or uh, on Enterprise. Obviously, that wouldn't have worked. Um, but I've been I've been more than open to, to playing a, a guest star in any other Star Trek as an alien. You know, I, I would I'd be down to doing prosthetic makeup and whatever, just to be able to do more Trek. You know, so because I'm always I'm always of the school of thinking like I I don't like it when you're like oh this is Harry Kim's great 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 grandfather it's like it's eh, it's kind of a it's kind of a a bit of a, a stretch to to think that way so I I'd rather play an alien than anything else. Now for our episodes we ask the guest uh, two bonus questions. Uh, the first one is who's your favorite Muppet and why? <laughs> Gonzo because he's crazy. <laughs> that, that's mine too. And the other one is in the movie of your life. Who would you want to play you? Who in the movie of my life? Who yeah. would I want to play me? Oh God, um, that's a tough one. I will say that there is an actor who resembles me when I was a lot younger, almost to a T, to the point that when I saw this actor on screen, I was sitting there in the movie theater and wondering when did I film this <laughs> scene? And I honestly thought, what the heck? So if you watch Independence Day, the movie with Will Smith in it, the very opening scene is a young technician guy working for SETI, and he's in the lab, and he's the one that sees the first 
signs of something's coming, right? And he calls up his boss. Um, that Asian kid looks just like me when I was in college, so maybe he would play my life. One of those sliding doors moments. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you, Garrett, very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Dwight and Shiny Armor. Um, I'm here with the creators, uh, Brian Adams. Not not the Canadian singer, correct? The Canadian singer owes me royalties for his name. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's a good thing. You know, he he was uh, famous, you know, before I was born, uh, and no one ever forgets my name. So it's it's worked out well for me. So thank you, Brian Adams, wherever you are. Probably Canada. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're here with his wife, Leanne. Mm-hmm. Same last name. Yep. Hi there. Good to be here. Good to have you. Now, the show uh, Dwight and Shining Armors on BYU TV, uh, how did that come about? You know, what, what's the genesis of it, the whole thing? So th- it, it came about a couple of years ago. We, we heard through the grapevine that BYU TV was, was looking for co-viewing content, so shows that would appeal to kids, teens, and their parents, which is a pretty tricky uh, thing to accomplish. And, and at the time, we, we thought, you know, we have a few projects that are right for that, specifically this one, Dwight and Shining Armor. We had the script for it for years that we had used as a, as a writing sample and just kept working on it. It's one of our favorite shows we've ever worked on, and it's always kind of been our baby, and we were looking for the right home for it. And then when we, when we heard that this is what BYU TV was looking for, uh, we, we sent it, and they wanted the meeting, like, almost immediately. And we're like, oh, this is going to be a good meeting. And it was. It was a good meeting. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, we just finished, your panel just ended, and you talked about how you came up with the idea one night. You were doing a fairly regular uh, hygiene. <laughs> we, we were brushing our teeth, <laughs> Dylan. Hey, we let's just come out and say it. <laughs> it, it. It's actually a good reminder to everyone. Brush your teeth. You never know what good things can well, come. Well, and in the mundane tasks, sometimes <laughs> inspiration strikes. So, yeah, we, you know, Brian and I spend a lot of time together. We're, we're married. We're parents. We work together. And so uh, we're always developing and always creating no matter what else we're doing we're always kind of working noodling on ideas and 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 working on uh, on concepts and so th- it was a, a pretty normal occurrence that we'd say well what if this or what if that or wouldn't it be cool if and a lot of our favorite uh conversations start with a what if question uh it's just a good place to start it, 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 it's yeah. an unintimidating way to begin a story uh what if this so th- in this case it was what if sleeping beauty was still out there had been sleeping all this time, and a modern guy happened to wake her up. And we, we were super excited by that idea, but the, the idea really sort of uh, blew up for us uh, when we realized it wasn't just the sleeping princess who, who was asleep. It was her whole world. So her, the good guys, the bad guys, her court magician, uh, you know, anyone who was after her, anyone who was her ally, was all awakened by that you know, prince's or champion's kiss. And people that might have just been in the woods that yeah, day, minding their own business. Random so, woodcutters. So there's a whole world there that we can then explore and, and in And that's story. when we thought, oh my gosh, this is a great TV show, a great concept that, can, that can, we can explore. And, and it's really it's just kind of been the gift that keeps on giving because uh, it, it's an undefined uh, you know, universe. There. Sure. So, so our story is set in Woodside and it's a it's a smallish town a newer town that's been cut out of the woods and so we have a sense of everything from Dwight's world is in this town of Woodside and everything from Greta's world is from the woods and and it's two worlds that collide into one another so um, in many episodes 
it starts with somebody new coming out of those woods. Uh, and then we see the ripple effects of, of, of that person's entrance into Dwight's world, into the modern world. And some of the characters stay like Clodwig and Hexla. Um, they stay in the world. And then others will just come uh, um, do their damage <laughs> in Woodside <laughs> and then disappear back well, into the woods. And that is a, a good point, uh, is that our show is a show about two worlds colliding, Dwight's world colliding with Greta's world. And that, that's, that's really the traction behind you know, every story element. And both actors you got, they've been doing stuff for quite a while. We what, what was the process yeah, of finding We're them so like? blessed. Our cast is our greatest gift, and it starts with Sloane, Morgan Siegel, and Caitlin Carmichael, who play Dwight and Greta. So we did a nationwide casting for those roles. We, we saw over 1,000 actors for each one of those roles. Wow. And it was, it was super intense. Um, we saw a lot of tape from that came to us from all over the country, and then we met with a lot of actors in L.A., and, and it was a... a a real search like we we knew what we were looking for but we were also open to an actor's interpretation too so um so we found both of them through uh, our casting agents in LA um through uh Shana and Nicole Shana Sherwood uh, and Nicole Doro in LA and um and and we were lucky we were able to meet both both Sloan and Caitlin in person um uh, we looked at their tape, we'd you know, uh, read a lot about them, and then meeting them in person, it really clicked for well, us. And, and you're right, Dylan, both of them have been doing this for a long time. In fact, they, they each have a remarkably similar story, that they are e each from the South originally, and they each, when they were very young, I think Caitlin was two or three, and Sloan was like five or six, they, they and their families decided they wanted to pursue acting, and they moved from the South to L.A., and they each really from a remarkably young age had you know amazing success because they were out there pursuing you know their acting dreams from the age of two three four five I mean, and it's unbelievable and 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 so uh, consequently uh, we have Greta who was uh, <laughs> Caitlin who was 13 when we met her uh, and Sloan when he I think he was 16 when we met her but they had already been acting for like a decade uh, yeah, so they were very very experienced they, and very talented yeah, for they've just know, been incredible people of their age and then um, Joel who plays the magician yeah um he he was in princess diaries yeah. as soon as i i was having trouble picturing what i've seen him in and as soon as it you guys said princess diaries i'm like yes well and, and I, I love gary marshall's movies and mm -hmm. that, that's one of my favorite ones and, and joel is just such an amazing actor and, and such a great asset for our show and, and interestingly we saw also about a thousand different actors for the role of, of baldrick and we had narrowed it down to a few and and obviously baldrick adds a lot of comedy to the show but really I in the casting process in one of the final you know in-person casting sessions uh our, our director f uh, for the pilot timothy kindle uh asked him to do really an emotional scene kind of out of nowhere that wasn't planned and it was I as much as joel nails the comedy always it was his his emotional connection uh, with the greta character even before we had cast the Greta character that really sold us on Joel just for his incredible range. And they've all had emotional moments. They, they've almost surprised me. It's like laugh, 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 and then bam. So Right. That That's absolutely right. <laughs> I, I Laugh, 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 and then bam. That's what we're going for. <laughs> that's a great uh, um, great formula for the show. It, it really <laughs> is. We, we try to... Uh, not not every single episode has, uh, has a, a really tender moment in it, but every episode has... a 
a, a moment of connection, a character moment, something more that we're learning about the character or some new way that a, that a relationship is deepening. And so that's super important to us in telling the story that as much as we're having a great time just sort of going on this romp <laughs> with these characters and there's some crazy stuff <laughs> that happens in the show, um, at, at the end of it, we're still watching the relationships deepen uh, and we're learning more about the characters and loving them more. So uh, it is important to us to strike that balance. And if we were coming out all the time with the tenderness, that would start to to get old. You know, we, we would we'd hit that note too much and, and it would, uh, you know, ruin the, the pace of the show. But to just have one laugh after another with, with no, no low lights for the highlights um, would also start to, to feel flat. So you, they really yeah, need I, one I, another. I really, f I think in any art form, balancing uh, the, the low lights and the highlights is important and it, it never more so uh, than in a show like this, that it's our aim to suck in the, you know, the entire family as the audience from the kids to parents to grandparents. And, and so that's really our aim with that is by balancing the low lights and the highlights and you know the emotional and even you know some tender moments that hopefully there's there's a little bit of something for everyone and some of the best shows on TV do that very well yeah. a better call Saul comes oh to mind great show it, you know there's serious stuff going yeah. on yeah for sure it's extremely hilarious mm -hmm. at times yeah. yeah now um when did when did production start and, and you know what was the turnaround from when production started to them being we spit out on we we shot TV. we shot the pilot. Well, as Leanne said, uh, we pitched the pilot first uh, to BYU TV. I think it was May of 2017. Okay. We shot the pilot in uh, in Georgia in November of 2017, and then we we were picked up. Uh, there was several months of editing the you know the pilot back and forth and some changes. Uh, I think we started production in 2018 in about May. It was uh, it was May of 2018. Oh, right, and so and then we shot. Uh, from May to about November, uh, we shot the first 20 episodes, and then we were in a holding pattern. Are they going to pick up more? And then they've picked up, uh, you know, 20 more episodes, and we'll start uh, again uh, production in uh, in Georgia ar around the beginning of June, and we'll go to October again. And uh, you tell people that watch it, they'll see landmarks in there. Sure. Yeah. So. Do you guys live here? Is that why you kind of stay here for the We No, we live in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, but we were thrilled with, uh, with the locations that we found here in Salt Lake. We were mostly in Salt Lake. We did just a little bit in, uh, in Utah County. And in the beautiful canyons in around the canyons. Salt Lake and, so and Provo. Yeah, that's, uh, it, it's been wonderful building our world here. Um, but it, it was sort of new to us doing production uh, here in Salt Lake. Um, we've been we've worked quite a bit in Los Angeles uh, and in Georgia, but had not worked here before. The pet store is down the street from my house. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great pet store, and, and by really and, and by nice. the way, I forget the name right now. Oh man, I'm, but uh, it, it was a new pet store. Pets. The pause, the, the pause pet spot, pet spot. Pet spot. The pet You're right, spot. the pet spot. That was it with the pause. Shout out to those guys. They were so, yeah, you know, they were, they were so nice and helpful during production. And it's a beautiful store. Mm -hmm. I think they they sell stuff and they do, you know, like doggy spa. They have little doggy baths. <laughs> Great place. Really nice place. So that's been our experience just across the board. We've been treated beautifully here and have found everything that we needed. So it, it's been a really great experience. Yeah. Now a lot of the questions during the panel was everybody's favorite episodes, favorite scenes to. Um, to film and stuff like that. What are s what were some of your favorite um, uh, scenes to film? Trivia. 
Well, in, in the panel, I, I mentioned this before, I'll, I'll, I'll do it again. That day that we were um, at Trolley Square, and it was you know a hot day, and there we were in front of Trolley Square at the fountain there um, in, in front of the shopping center, and Joel's job was to sprint toward this fountain and leap up. Then we, we switched out and had a, a, a stunt double actually do the jump but jump into the fountain and splash around looking for coins. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, it was absolutely outlandish. It was crazy and so, so fun. And everyone was just gathered around the monitors to watch as Chester, who was their stunt double, does this flop, this belly flop, leaps off and does his belly flop into the fountain. And then when Joel climbs in there and is splashing around, just cackling maniacally and grabbing coins and... It was insane. That was a moment I'm sitting there and I'm like, how did we get here? <laughs> well, and, and just to add on that, that, that scene afterward, the stunt double, uh, Chester, great, great guy. He was, he, uh, was wearing a lot of padding, uh, to make him be the same size as Joel. And also he, he was wearing like some lift shoes because I think he's like six inches shorter than Joel. And then he was obviously wearing the, the fake beard and, and you know, wig like, like Joel in the big, you know, costume. But then after he jumped in the fountain, he took it all off, uh, except, uh, the beard and the wig. And, and then he was wearing just almost, it was almost like under pants under there and and this guy was so just crazy we were at trolley square shooting and he just for the rest of the day walked around trolley square and essentially a really skinny guy in a big huge beard and wig in his underpants that's that's a very confident man people were just looking at it yeah he he was a a confident guy and i and i have to say another one of my uh my favorite uh scenes was in peanut uh another uh stunt from the baldrick character when uh, baldrick falls off of the uh, back porch uh into a big pile of leaves uh and that that was one of the last scenes we shot actually uh but but just watching that that happen it was another just one of those moments where i'm just like i can't believe what i'm doing this is a job and i get paid for it (laughs) well and it's been so many years that we've been working on this show too so to see it coming to life and to see these moments that we've been planning for so long actually happening before our eyes it's such a thrill so it never gets old for us being on set and and watching this come together and it, and writing the scripts also like this is a playground we've wanted to play in for so long that now that we finally get to do it like you're gonna have to drag us out of here well, and and really it, it is it's a bizarre experience like Leanne said we've been working on this sh- on this show and coming up with ideas for uh, for sets and gags and characters and storylines for so long and then we wa- when we walk out in the morning onto a set and we realize that you know hundreds of people People have been working to build this castle, uh, and we're walking through it. And you know, and, and there's Greta's coat of arms, and there's you know Dwight in shining armor. He did the, he's there, and I mean, it's kind of like you know walking into your own imagination and looking around. So it, it's been an incredible experience. Um, the the dog when it transformed, it looked a lot like the the big dogs in Ghostbusters. Was that, that intentional? That was absolutely, absolutely intentional. <laughs> Ghostbusters <Okay>. is <laughs> Ghostbusters is one of our favorite movies, and specifically, you know, one of my you know seminal movies in my life. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned this before that uh, the first time I ever skipped school <laughs> was nice. stay in school, kids. But I, I actually went to go see Ghostbusters in the theaters as a child, and it was just such an incredible you know movie going experience. And, and that that uh, the Zool uh, character when he jumps jumps out of Rick Moranis's uh, apartment at the Parcheesi yeah. uh, party yeah. that so, so the, the you know the visual effect creature that we created and also that moment when the you know our Varga jumps through the door was it was a, a little bit of paying homage to that incredible scene in, in one of my favorite movies ever now, now the house that they take over 
financially, how did they get that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> bags of gold. Okay, <laughs> I, I, absolutely. You see it in the pilot that uh, that they toss the real estate agent a, a, a bag of gold, and, and that's okay, another. I didn't catch that. Oh yeah, so there's, there's a there's a quick moment, and and we have also another undefined space space, which is Greta's royal treasury, and she was you know she's of royalty. She's loaded. She's loaded, okay. so she's never going to run out of money. But yeah, they paid you know in a big bag of gold, and they bought mm-hmm. that okay, house. Yeah, I didn't see that moment. So I'm like, <laughs> wait, hold on. They show up, and then they just got a house. <laughs> So um, you just got renewed for second season. So you've got 20 um, the first season. And at the time of this recording, you're at episode five is out. Yes. Um, what's in store for the rest of this season and possibly season two? Just okay. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Let's just tell them everything. <laughs> How much time do you have? <laughs> All day. <laughs> so so our, um, our show is uh, it's episodic. Generally, like the episodes, many of them are just standalone. However, we will in um, in just a couple of episodes, we're going to introduce a serialized element to the show that will run through uh, through episode thirty. So we're about to introduce um, a larger threat that's a more a threat that sticks a little bit longer, okay. um, and that uh, is going to run through. Um, this whole year and through spring of of next year it'll take us that long to resolve this threat so uh at the same time you know we're we're still going to keep the it's a comedy first and foremost it's an adventure there will still be episodes that are just sort of one-offs for fun but we're going to introduce this more um more substantial storyline very shortly some big bad guys are coming something's lurking under the water i'll tell you that much you'll 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 hear in uh in episode seven more about that and the koi army Oh, the koi army! You are you are not the I first so. to say. Hold on, where, what happened with the koi? Um, and originally, we had, we had intended to turn the koi into these monster koi and the whole thing. We still can. They're still in that moat, so they they've got plenty of time, got plenty right, of time so. to train them and to transform them into a, a mutant koi army, which I love to. Br- I would love to bring back. We got to do it. That, yeah. that that was the original idea, and, and as Leanne said, it was it was uh, unfortunately some budget cuts that that killed that idea. But you're right. Uh, we still got time, yeah. and, and uh, we know they're in we'll the find mo- some money. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go without <laughs> lunch for a couple <laughs> weeks. No lunch, crew. <laughs> or you can go a uh, GoFundMe for the. There you go for go, the koi. Oh my gosh, that would totally a work. killer koi GoFundMe. <laughs> Somebody start that. <laughs> Is there any personal experiences on the set that you'd like to share, kind of to to wrap up? I'll tell you one. This was. Um, our sons came out last summer um, for their summer break and spent two months months working on set. And our younger son, Henry, who was 13 at the time, was put in the sound department. And uh, the head of that department's name was Dave, good guy. And he... he took Henry under his wing, just kind of liked him and, and showed him everything, showed him how to, how to run the board, how to mix. He had him doing utility, meaning, you know, putting the, the mics on all the actors. He had him running the boom. Like Henry knew that department very well. And he was just 13. Um, and then there came a day where, um, Dave had a medical emergency on set and had to be rushed by ambulance to the hospital. And we still had about five hours of shooting to do that day. And we're in a mad scramble to finish, finish the day. And none of the other members of the sound crew knew how to run the board and to mix the scene. And so Henry did it. 
So Henry, it was a very proud parent <laughs> moment for Henry us. Henry in shining armor. Yeah, Henry. Henry saved the day. Our thirteen-year-old. He did. He sat at the board. He 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 ran the department. He said, "All right, you go wire this person. You're doing boom." He's and, telling everyone what to do. And then his cute little voice would come over because he would do the audio slate. Yeah. So he'd be like, uh, "Victor twenty-two, Charlie, take <laughs> five. We'd be like, "Victor twenty-two, Charlie, take five. And it, it was and, it and was a proud. Was, everyone would hear moment. that in the crew, and they'd all look over and see like, "Who is that?" And there was little Henry sitting at the mixing board. He, he honestly he. Said the day of production yeah. and well and, and he had to do wow, it the next awesome. half of the next day as well because yeah. we were getting a replacement for dave and i will also say those scenes that he mixed we have not had to adr nope, not one on line. at one line he he did a solid job yeah. and so that was great and then one uh so that was that was the top i think you know for <laughs> us there's one other you know fun experience that leanne got and i got to have uh in episode three leanne and i do a cameo uh so if you see i saw that yeah jog <laughs> jogger number one and jogger number two that uh, was number one uh, Leanne is always number one. Number one. <laughs> I'm jogger number two. And actually, this is, uh, Peanut was one of our favorite episodes for many years. And when we originally wrote it, uh, we had always kind of thought, that'll be cool. You know, if, if this gets produced, we'll play jogger number one and jogger number two. And then so when it came down to it, uh, when we were actually, you know, getting, we were in prep for the episode, uh, Leanne got cold feet. I, I panicked. She's I panicked. A, and I should say, Leanne went to school on an acting scholarship. <laughs> so, but she's like, no, no, no. And so she demanded that we, you know, cast, uh, cast the role. And there were actually we other casting for it. There were other there were other actors cast for that. I was then, not going to do it. I but was then too worried. The director Jeff Hunt and I sort of uh, conspired against her. And we talked we we talked her into it. Uh, I'm glad now. Forcefully that we did. and gently. I was very worried we were going to ruin the episode. Yeah, she's like, "Well, we're ruining the whole episode." But There's we'll, no one else available. That's right. It's only us. <laughs> and so that that was a fun episode. And and really, uh, you know, I did not go to school on an acting scholarship, and so it was my first experience. You know, Joel, whom we play opposite of uh, opposite from in the episode uh you know i've i've known joel for many years now and i've talked to him but that was the first time i talked to baldrick and staring down the barrel of baldrick uh, <laughs> when he said good evening common folk uh it, it was really incredible he's super intense uh but it, it was a fun experience but it was a little off-putting to you know yeah. to to actually speak to to baldrick well, and it gave me just new awe and respect for what uh, what screen actors do every day because it's a very chaotic environment. There's people all around you. You have to step on a certain place. You have to move at a certain time. There's so many things to remember, and you're wired with a mic. It's very, uh, it's very uh, unsettling. It's the whole, scary. the whole well, experience and, and is unsettling. And then they're like action, and suddenly you find yourself just in this moment with all these eyeballs looking at you and a camera in your face. And and I understand why a lot of people just choke because well, it, it really is overstimulating when you're in that moment. And it, it was, and that was that was my first experience doing something like that and the whole day was kind of shot because we had to go <laughs> through uh, the works as they call it you know hair and makeup and wardrobe and all this stuff and then by the time you get there and, and there's always so much pressure on set to get it done quickly <laughs> but make it great and be awesome <laughs> and you're just like hey. <laughs> so hurry it, up and wait hurry yeah, up hurry yeah. up and wait it, okay, and you're so, yeah, yeah it exactly. feels like it. it feels like the most intense pressure you've ever had in your life when they yell action and so for people who do it every day in and out and, and having to remember the, the little changes that the director will ask for. And we were in a tiny scene. We yeah, had we like had like two, two lines. lines. <laughs> and, it, and, it, yeah, really, it, it did give us, uh, you know, even so more admiration for our incredible cast uh, who, who every day, day in, day out, delivers incredible performances. Yeah. And we're just, we're so grateful. And they for make them. the little micro adjustments, yeah. you know, that, that's, it's really sophisticated what they're doing. And I knew that f sitting on the other side of the camera, I'm like, wow, they're really good at what they do. But then th when I had the opportunity to be in front 
front of the camera, I realized just how hard it is and what a, a tremendous talent and skill it is to do what they do. So I don't know that Jogger 1 and Jogger 2 will be regulars on the show. I'm thinking about a, a we reprisal. May back, <laughs> we may come back, but but uh, no, I... I Next year, I'll, I'll year at Comic-Con, next year at Comic-Con, we'll have uh, pe- people in cosplay as Jogger number <laughs> as one and Jogger number two. <laughs> uh, for every guest we interview, we ask bonus questions. Uh, the first one is, who's your favorite Muppet and why? <laughs> oh, this is this is easy. Muppets are important. <laughs> go, go, Leanne. All well, my I, I life, I've been waiting for <laughs> someone to ask me this. <laughs> go, Leanne. Okay. In my private life, <laughs> when I'm not gonna a get public weird, persona, <laughs> I love Miss Piggy! <laughs> I love Miss Piggy so much. And I, I yeah, she's me and I'm her. <laughs> Uh, she she is and and actually we have whenever anyone takes our our picture you will notice we we have what's called the Muppet spi- smile which I always do you guys Muppet. can't see us through the radio here but we're doing it ready <laughs> you just open your mouth real big like a Muppet it's the mouth wide <laughs> wide open uh, and, and and so that's uh, yeah I, so yeah Miss Piggy for me what about you Gonzo <laughs> it's got to be Gonzo because because in G- Gonzo in my private life is it, it's kind I'm kind of Gonzo it's just like like absolute you know, let's just do this and jump in and you know fly out of cr- out of control it's constantly true, and true. my nose is almost as big as Gonzo's <laughs> no, not quite no. <laughs> and then the other one you know you're in production and stuff like that, so that's kind of an interesting take on it. Uh, in the movie of your life, who would you want to play you? Wow, that is a good question. How much time do I have to think about this? Well, uh, obviously Meryl Streep. <laughs> 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 who else could handle such a complex role? Well, and, and I, I think if you can get Paul Newman to play me, he would be my <laughs> first pick. That would be a trick. Uh, we'll yeah. Bring him <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, Paul Newman is like my all-time oh, yeah. favorite actor. Unfortunately, he's not available. He's moved on to bigger you, and better you've roles. You've got kind of a Harrison Ford thing. Oh, going. Harrison Ford, a <laughs> young, young Harrison, Harrison Ford. Ford. <laughs> you can bring Harrison Ford back. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, that, I mean, that would be the dream yeah. casting. But uh, I mean, I don't know who would you have cast me. Uh, well, let's see. Gwyneth Paltrow, probably. That's, right, yeah, right. yeah, I could see I'd that. Be, I'd be cool with yeah, that. Yeah, Charlize mm-hmm. Theron. Oh. You're, you're like a mix between Charlize Theron and Gwyneth Paltrow. All right, listeners out there, that's not true. It's totally <laughs> true. <laughs> I, I can see where he's getting it. Right? <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Don. Thanks uh, for thank having you. us. This was a pleasure. So where can everybody find you guys on social and everything? So you can follow me at Brian underscore J underscore Adams uh, on Instagram. I think Twitter it's at B-J-A-W-G-A and it's Brian J. Adams on, on Facebook. And and Leanne is is absolutely a private person and you can't follow her anywhere <laughs> unless you follow her home from the store you in your car. Don't follow, follow her <laughs> ever. She's not interested in being followed. So just follow me twice. Yeah, you just, just follow Brian. He enjoys being followed. <laughs> <laughs> podcast is done, man. <laughs>